0: Welcome back you're watching trade of the week for today's segment i'm joined by founder of hernia capital pietri reedlinges for a technical analysis on first rand richmond and alibaba thank you so much for your time peter quite an interesting selection there uh let's actually start off with first rand. i mean we know the optimism that has come with all the banks and i'm sure that has actually uh benefited first rand which is the jsc's most valuable uh, uh bank on the jsc of course we know the high interest rate environment has benefited those banks but also we've seen the pressure that comes uh, that has come with that uh on consumers uh where they have had an uh, increased uh, credit impairments mm. so just uh talk to talk to us about what that chart for first rand looks like
1: well firstly thank you for having me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we looked at this uh, this chart a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken, right? Sort of around the 60 rand level as a potential buy, with the target being around 67, 65. So we've actually managed to hit that target price and it's pulled back a little bit since then over the last sort of two or three trading okay. days. Um, however, what I would like to do is I kind of want to continue to ride this positive momentum, if mm. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that we've had a couple of positive catalysts in the market as well. We saw some news over the weekend that, Um, Hamas is essentially looking for a ceasefire uh, and talking about some sort of a peace deal, Uh, you know, how accurate that is and how that works out I guess time will tell yeah. um, but that could potentially be a positive catalyst for markets not so good for energy and oil and gold and all those of things course, but all the industrials old. financials those types of stuff will benefit from
0: uh, yeah. off
1: the back of this the US is closed today keep that in mind so it is uh, very is quiet it's Thanksgiving
0: already yeah ah. <laughs> it's
1: Black Friday coming up
0: oh Black Friday oh, yeah. Thanksgiving oh yes it's,
1: uh, it's wild <laughs> anyway so that uh, um, I think is going to be good for emerging markets it's probably mm. going to be you know, we're heading into a very seasonally strong time in the market as well. The Santa Rally is called the Santa Rally because it happens most of the time. Yeah. Um,
0: Santa Rally.
1: So we're re- heading into that sort of seasonality, uh, strong, and we've, you know, period, if you will. And we also have a um, quite a strong backwind with a potential ceasefire, mm. de-escalation yeah. of conflict in the Middle East, which is
0: so I more r- r- risk on sentiment, to maybe coming correct. back to the fore.
1: Correct. Yes. Yeah. Um, at least th- those are my. Sort of observations at this stage, you know, subject to change. Yeah. News news happens fast. Yeah. In any case, so uh, if we look at first trend over here, uh, we can see that this little range we were keeping an eye on has worked out quite nicely. Uh, It's pulled back a little bit. I think that we can, this is a slightly higher risk play, if you will, uh, but we can put in this little trend line over here. Uh, Let me make it fancy and pink for all to see. There you go. So we could put that little trend line in there, uh, and we 've got a very nice potential trade maybe all the way up to seventy two fifty or say seventy two if you 're a bit more conservative, just to these recent highs yeah um, to ride a little bit of this momentum that we've that we 've had
0: yeah i 'm um, wondering um when we could um, have a Kind of peak in terms of the optimism, but also maybe pessimism because I, I feel like it, it's always a double edged sword.
1: Yeah, I think the market is like a pendulum, right? It pushes the yes. extremes in both directions. So yeah. if you look around now, a lot of people are super bearish. Yeah, almost everyone is super bearish, mm-hmm. right? The economic data is bad, we've got higher interest rates for longer. Yeah, you know, good news for the banks, I guess. Yes. Uh, well, it's the balancing act between the impairments, exactly, and earnings, right? exactly. Um, But, uh, you know, I think the market pushes to extremes. So we have this extreme positivity versus extreme negativity. And I think that we are in a space where we are... Currently, at least from a sentiment perspective, uh. very much in the doldrums. Everywhere you look, there's just bears wherever you look. Yeah. And that sort of starts to ring the bell. Well, maybe we're on the wrong side and we need to be a bit more optimistic.
0: I mean, First Rand um, has always, I guess, been uh, celebrated in terms of uh, their capital allocation decisions. And I'm wondering if maybe that will kind of uh, bring optimism from the market when interest rates do get cut and banks are maybe now looking for more non-interest revenue?
1: Look, I'll be honest with you. I think that the likes of, um, you know, the, the likes of Capital have the advantage there, mm. right? Um, look, they're very dependent on loans as well. You yes. we know, there's been a lot of drama in the past with that. Yeah. But they're making massive inroads in banking the unbanked. Yes. Right? So I think that they might have a... Um, I want to say the more exciting growth mm. and the, in the sector. Yes. Um, however, I mean you're quite right. I think that right now the focus is on what are we earning from interest mm-hmm. versus um, impairments and yes. how do we benefit from higher interest rates? Because obviously we're lending out money uh, at higher interest floating and we're we're t- we're paying depo- you know depositors on fixed. yeah. So. That spread widens, and then when interest rates start to normalize, mm. it kind of puts a bit of earnings pressure. So how do you substitute that now with the exactly. non-interest income, transaction fees, that kind of stuff? Yeah. Uh, I do think that the high-growth banks will have the advantage mm. there. Um, but, you know, you're quite right. It's something to, 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 to keep an eye on. Yeah. I don't know offhand which bank would have the advantage, mm. to tell you the truth. My thoughts would be Capitech initially.
0: Ah, uh, all right. Well, let's move on to luxury. Right. Um, <laughs> something I can't afford. <laughs> Richmond property, <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> but I mean a lot of uh, analysts saying, you know what, now is the time to yeah. actually get in because it's been under so much pressure because uh, the macro, well, the rich are clearly not immune to the macroeconomic environment, although they are more resilient than the rest of us. Um, we and we've seen that across the board in the luxury space uh, and Richmond. A lot of analysts saying it's, it's looking very attractive.
1: Now look, the rich get richer, as they say. Um, It's maybe not a great way to start a Monday about (laughs) these types of things, right? Um, But, yeah, so we know that the luxury segment is generally less Mm -hmm. elastic to, um, you know, economic pressures. People Mm -hmm. who are wealthy tend to, you know, buy nice things regardless of where we are in the economic cycle, right? so, yes, we do have seen uh, a number of headwinds for Richmond, which seem to be clearing. Some of them uh, coming out of China. China yes. seems to be uh, doing what it can to stimulate their economy. Mm-hmm. Also, we'll talk a bit more on China later. But I think we'll talk about Alibaba yes. for a little bit. Um, but if you're just a good old-fashioned trend following chartist, mm-hmm. this is a nice entry point, right? So we can see uh, we've been having these kind of you know, decent waves upwards or nice little uptrend if you will yeah. and every now and then we hit the spot where we have this little downtrend in place for a few months and then yeah. it breaks right and this has happened a number of times uh so we just have a solid uptrend here and we had a nice little buy signal uh we've see we can you know making use of different uh indicators stochastic which is a measure of momentum yeah. has been sort of floating around the bottom of this thing for a long time as the markets trended down it's finally broken up and seems to be breaking out. So we might have a little bit of headwind here at the 89-day moving average, which is currently at around 250 rand. Uh, but if we can get up and through that, you know, there's no reason for this trend not to yeah. continue. Uh, so I think for the medium to longer-term investor, you know, even the shorter-term trader, shorter-term traders, shorter traders want to be in trades for a week or two. Mm-hmm. This is a kind of trade that you might enter now and you might be in it for the next year or two, right? Yeah. So I think this is a really nice entry point into a quality company. I'm
0: actually wondering the, 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 the selling bouts that we have seen, uh, would you say that it's more the short, short-term trader or maybe uh, longer-term traders that are like, you know what, uh, longer-term investors that are like, you know what, I've been in the stock for a while and it's actually run me, running you know, really hot, so let me.
1: Look, I think there's a number of different things. Obviously, Richmond is a much bigger beast than just yes. JSC, right? Yeah. Um, we saw poor earnings from LVMH, for example. Yeah. Uh, so I think that the selling bout that we've had essentially, you know, I don't want to say since the beginning of the year, since the middle of the year, mm-hmm. right? Um, I think that was just on the back of, you know, deteriorating global economic conditions yeah. as well as deteriorating earnings from yeah. other luxury And, and brands.
0: sympathy from from the other and luxury brands. You know, brands.
1: so um, obviously they are comp- not completely immune. I mean, we joke mm-hmm. about it.
0: Oh, rich people don't really yeah. care.
1: Yeah. Obviously they're not completely immune to the economic stuff, right? Yeah. So there has been some pressure on the earnings and the rest. Uh, But overall, we've got a a great trend in place, Mm. right? So I think we're now in a position where we can take advantage of that, Mm. where price is down. I haven't measured it, but we can quickly do that if you like.
0: Yeah. I I, I mean, mean for me, it makes sense to go into Richmond. Hey, uh, the uh, the prices of their products are not going down, but their share price is going down. The share (laughs) price is going down. I mean, it's down
1: 35, 36% from from the highs, right? Yeah. So I think it's a great. sort of entry point into something that you don't really have to overthink um you're you're g- going to probably add this as a corner piece of your yeah. portfolio for the next you know two or three or five years potentially yeah. uh so i think it's a great entry point
0: ah all right well uh, as we we're talking about china nice segue into our next stock and that is alibaba um There was quite a lot of um, good market sentiment. Um, When was it? Beginning of the year when they said that they would be uh, separately listing their different uh, businesses. About six, if I'm correct. Mm -hmm. Um, Some of them
1: have now been cancelled, I believe.
0: Which is now, including the cloud computing Mm. business. And it actually, I think $21 billion got wiped out of its market share last week. So
1: I want to put some stuff in perspective for you. Okay. So this candle right on the end here, that is when the stock listed on the exchange for the first time.
0: Mm.
1: We are now below listing price and revenue okay. is 10 times more than it was. Oh, So I think this is somewhat undervalued. So there's been a number of challenges. As you say, there's some listings that were planned and didn't happen and, you know, lots of uh, market cap was lost in the process. Uh, We also have a situation where the Chinese government has been doing this tech crackdown, which I'm sure has been a topic for the last two years, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Where regulation is tightening and it's becoming more difficult for people Mm. to publish games, it's becoming more difficult for people to publish apps. Uh, But not
0: so much now.
1: We're now, I don't want to say it's over. It's yeah. be a little too cocky, but mm-hmm. it's easing, <laughs> right? Mm, okay. uh, so we've seen a bit of a rollback in the stringent uh, sort of control mm. that uh, maybe it's a case that they've now gotten the control that they want. Yeah. Now they can lax the rules a little bit okay. uh, because everybody's complying, right? Either way, the, the regulatory crackdown seems to have mostly eased somewhat. Yeah. So I think that that creates an opportunity for Chinese tech to outperform us tech right we've seen the nasdaq for example just charge forward and good times bad times it's trading near the highs right Mm. um and that's all sort of us facing tech businesses apple tesla all those things where some of the mega corporations on earth are chinese tech companies Mm -hmm. which i mean we all know the nusper story right yeah um so i think that there's an opportunity here for these companies that have kind of been undervalued and Mm. outshined Mm. somewhat by the west Uh, and because of obviously the economic and yeah. sort of regulatory challenges in the in, the, in China as well. Yeah. When those start to ease up a little bit. I think that these Chinese tech conglomerates can really run. So that includes the likes of Tencent, right? So a way to express a view in this trade would maybe not necessarily be to buy Alibaba. Not everyone has an offshore trading account. Those that do, Alibaba, BABA is a mm. good, uh, or BABA is the code. Yeah. Um, I think it's a good long-term entry point for the long-term investor. I mean, we're heading into December. I'm sure everybody wants to take a break. So... Yeah. Active, short-term, stressful trading maybe not the right call.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: But I think if you can pick up some Alibaba shares here, um, sort of anything under $80, I think in five or ten years from now, you're going to be very, very happy.
0: Yeah, it seems that there are a lot of investors who are very keen on those Chinese uh, stocks. Um, Yeah, some saying this is an opportunity to buy the dip, and some even saying that if you're going to dump Alibaba, maybe go for 10 cents.
1: I don't know, man. I've got a, I've got a strong. <laughs> I wouldn't sell Alibaba at the lows. Uh, do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> um, it is below listing price. It's a much bigger monster than now than yeah. it was back then. And uh, To sell it now, I think would be a mistake.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's really uh, just something great to note. Um, but I'm just wondering, because uh, now we're talking about the, the crackdown, but there's also. The, the, the US uh, chip uh, export curbs that, the, that they've listed, uh, that they've cited, Alibaba has cited as to one of the reasons why they can't list this uh, cloud computing business. I'm just wondering how far that may affect the bottom line.
1: Look, I think, I don't know, yeah. to be honest with you. Um, I don't quite know how to read the chip market at this stage. Lots of analysts are um, trying but there's a lot of deceit. Yeah. Uh, if you look at someone like NVIDIA, for example,
0: mm-hmm.
1: chip sales were growing phenomenally, Just right? coming
0: out with results tomorrow.
1: Exactly. Mm-hmm. So um, if you look at someone like NVIDIA, if you really dig through those financials, what you'll see is that a lot of the chips they sold to a non-profit. That nonprofit, you know, does a whole bunch of different things, but it is funded by donations from, you guessed it, NVIDIA. Yeah. So they're selling chips to themselves mm. using different mm. companies so they can report to the market, hey, we've got g- growth in sales. Yeah. But they're running, um, you know, big AI projects through a nonprofit that needs chips that they are funding. Yeah. So it's yeah. not quite, um, you know, uh, I, don't, I don't know. It's kind of, it yeah. seems like they're doing some accounting magic. <laughs> and that gets the share price going and going and going and going and makes everybody a huge amount of money. Yeah. But the end of the day, is that reflective of really what the market wants, mm. right? Um, so as we know now, most of the chips are still manufactured kind of in Taiwan yeah, I think that um, you know as long as that situation in that area of the world remains politically stable, mm-hmm. uh, I think we should be okay for uh, chip manufacturing and yes the u s will take some of it to the, to to their shores, yeah, uh, but I don't think it's going to be the world's biggest impact on china they they'll catch up there.
0: Well, talking about uh, propping share prices, um, just going back to this plan to separately spin off and list all these different businesses, is it a case of Alibaba realized how undervalued the stock and that this is basically just to unlock a massive amount of, of value there?
1: Yeah, so that is one of the things I think that board members like to do, mm-hmm. right? Is to, I uh, mean, obviously they have... Uh, compensation deals based on share price performance as well as company yeah. performance. So if the share price is down you know, from $320 to $70 in a couple of years, yeah. two, three years, you know, their, their bonuses are looking a bit thin, right? <laughs> um, so yeah, so you have the situation where that you have that value unlock to create value for shareholders by separately listing the stuff. And we can honestly th- look at someone like Nusbash, for example, and say that that is a huge success. I mean, yeah. Nusbash was 3,000 Rand a share. Then it split into Process and
0: mm-hmm.
1: Pro- w- you know, went back to 3,000 and Process went to 1,500. Mm. So it was an enormous amount of value that was created there, uh. right? Or unlocked, if you will. Yeah. Um, so some of them really worked very well,
0: yeah. I think. Would you say that this is also maybe a good time? Because um, analysts are always even s- uh, you know, telling us, you, know, you need to actually go into the stocks that you think will benefit, for example, from the interest rate cuts now before Mm. they get cut? Exactly. Would that be the same with China right now, especially while we're seeing kind of still shakiness when it comes to Yeah, it's an interesting question.
1: I think we have a couple of things happening. I think we have a power shift happening from west to east, Mm. right? I think this is something I've said before. Yeah. Call me a theorist, if you will. but uh, I think we have that power shift happening from, from west to east. Yeah. And I think that we probably start to see the eastern economies lead the western economies with things like monetary policy. Yeah. So already we're seeing, um, you know, okay, there's a couple of interesting things. Yeah. China's struggling really to get inflation going, yes. which is why they continue to cut, yes. um, you know, reserve interest bank requirements rate, yes. and interest rates and trying to stimulate their economy. Yeah. While the west is like suffering from trying to get inflation down, right? Mm-hmm. Um, But at some point, China begins to find some success with the stimulus that they're doing. Mm. And then you have this sort of massive outgrowth type period for Chinese and call them BRICS markets, Mm. while NATO markets or Western markets, US, Europe, are still uh, in the doldrums. So you're quite right. You have to try to uh, anticipate, okay, if there's a change that's going to happen within the next 6 to 12 months, or potentially even 12 to 24 months, Mm. how do I position myself now – to take advantage of that because markets generally are forward-looking. Yeah. So this Alibaba position, for example, is one of, you know, looking forward to there's, um, you know, a number of different things. People are going to start to exit the US markets mm-hmm. because if their economy really is struggling as much as we think it is, mm. tech companies can't stay as high as they are, Yeah. right? So tech investors have to tr- sort of migrate elsewhere. China is a good option. Then yeah. you have um, Chinese, e- you know, economic stimulus that they're that they're trying yeah. to do. That we say starts begi- begins to work, so that increases demand for you know minerals, whatever, whatever. But also, average everyday uh, Chinese person's life improves, so yeah. they spend more on the internet, on tech, on online sales, that kind of stuff. And again, Alibaba is a beneficiary of that mass. One of the biggest sort of online Apple, yeah. Apple, uh, Amazon-like Yay. platforms around, right? Yeah, uh, online shopping is massive. So I think that. This is a bit of a forward-looking mm. investment idea. So this is not necessarily a trade for the next two weeks, yeah. but something that you might want to buy and kind of hang on to for the next mm. two years or more.
0: And listen, we have seen encouraging signs coming out of China's economy with third-quarter growth more than expected, but also just those smaller data uh, points, retail sales and industrial production. So as we're heading to the end of the year, we'll actually see um, what the overall growth outlook uh, will Looks like there. Thank yep. you so much Thanks. for your time and for your insights, Pietri. Uh, that was founder of Herenia Capital, Pietri Rierlinges. With this week's trade of the week. <laughs>